to the Clinical Podcast Series brought to you by the American Academy of Optometry's Foundation and our OVS Announces channel. Today's episode is entitled Fighting Myopia with Intermittent Near Work Breaks. 20 seconds every 20 minutes might not be enough time. I'd like to thank our host and our topical editor, Dr. Mika Moy, and our topical expert, Dr. Andrew Pucker. And now it's my pleasure to begin today's podcast. Uh, welcome. In this episode, we'll be discussing a paper that proposes a near work break to help prevent myopia progression. I'm Dr. Mika Moy, and our guest expert for this episode is Dr. Andrew Pucker, who is Senior Director of Clinical Development at Lexitas Pharma, Pharma Services. Welcome, Andrew. Hi, Mika. Thanks for having me. All right. So you should be very familiar with this paper. It's called Fighting Myopia with Intermittent Near Work Breaks. 20 seconds every 20 minutes might not be enough time by Andrew Pucker and <laughs> Timothy Gahn, which was published in the Academy's journal, Optometry and Vision Science. Now, I use the 2020 rule in my practice, mostly when I'm talking to my adult patients to help them understand the need for frequent breaks to prevent asthenopia. But I understand from your paper that this is being used by myopia control practitioners to try to reduce progression of myopia. So why did you write this article? So maybe two years ago now, I went to a continuing education lecture and I won't say who or where, but I went to this lecture and there was a person talking about using the 20-20-20 rule to potentially slow myopia progression in kids. And there really wasn't any scientific backing that he presented. So I came back to my institution, which has several myopia experts. And I asked around, like, have you ever seen any justification for this 20-20-20 rule? And no one could point me to an article. I went to PubMed, nothing out there. So being a a clinician scientist, I want to practice evidence-based medicine. And I did some digging and I brought in my friend, Tim Gaughan, who's a myopia animal expert. And there actually is some research quasi-related to the 2020-20 rule in animals. But overall, what we knew from the literature was that there is no human data on the 2020-20 rule. There is now, but when I wrote the article, there wasn't. But as a side note, there's a second article in this feature issue on myopia and optometry vision science that looks at the 2020-20 rule for visual hygiene purposes, like you were mentioning. And that article also found that it didn't help. <laughs> but <Okay>. um, <laughs> so extra reading in addition to this article, but there is animal research suggesting that if you take breaks for five minutes an hour, maybe that actually would potentially slow the progression of myopia because you have these visual stimuli in the world. It gives you feedback. It helps you do emetropization, you know, kind of getting to zero refractive error. But if you have myopic stimuli, potentially reading too like too long or you know, visual disfocus in some fashion, you know, a lot of this is still up for debate. But if you take breaks from reading for at least five minutes in at least the animal kind of simulation model, that might be enough. But 20 seconds, definitely no data out there that I know of or anyone who I've talked to knows of related to this. So let's circle back a little bit to the whole nature versus nurture idea, because this is something that, you know, people get very passionate about where, you know, is it mostly genetics? 
is there a near work component? I know a lot of clinicians feel like, yeah, I see a near work component and there was a spike after the pandemic. But then, you know, reading this article, it, it seems that it's still under discussion. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yes. So <laughs> the article that I like to reference is one that was based on data from the Inuit population in Alaska. And what happened was they had these people who were, you know, doing their normal lives in the United States acquired Alaska, and then they all went to American schools. And then there was this giant jump in myopia prevalence. It was like one, 2% to 30% within a generation. And some people think that is attributed to near work. It could potentially also be lack of sunlight because you're inside all the time. But, mm -hmm. you know, that is one of the things that kind of got this near work journey started, though around 2000 or so, there was two really large studies that looked at longitudinal and cross-sectional data sets and did not find an association between near work and myopia development. So there's some papers on both sides. I think it's still up for debate. So, uh, you know, it kind of gets at the 2020 rule, you know, at least for the myopia progression sort of people. Um, and you know, maybe reading's not so bad. I, I have kids come in and I tell their parents that it's okay to use your eyes. You have to study. We're in a you know, competitive environment. You need to, you know, do well in school and maybe you go to college, that sort of thing. And you know, I don't want parents to limit their their studying habits because really as I'm kind of getting at, you know, the the data are equivocal on if near work is good or bad. Right. Okay. So we're looking, or the article looks specifically at animal models. So can you talk a little bit about why, I mean, <laughs> obviously we, we can't use humans, a lot of these studies, but how animal models play into this? And then why are you suggesting five minutes might be a better time frame? five minutes every hour, rather than 20 seconds, every 20 minutes. Yeah, that's a great point. So as I said, the only data that I could find at the time of writing this article was the animal literature. And you may say, hey, maybe that doesn't translate to humans. But we do know that emetropization is probably an ancient um, mechanism within animals. And it's actually very consistent when you test it across different animal species. So with humans, you can't have them read for five minutes every hour for eight hours a day for two months, or really in humans, it'd be years, right? Because we develop right. slowly. But if you use chickens, which develop very quickly, for example, if you put lenses in front of their eyes that stimulate myopia, you can get 20 doctors of myopia in just a few days. So you can get these really exaggerated changes in a short amount of time that can help you maybe potentially extrapolate to what would happen in humans if you did those conditions over a long amount of time. So... Yeah. And then five minutes every hour, where did that number come from? Oh, I, I, again, that's getting back to the chicken data where they did okay. some big modeling and, you know, stimuli and short breaks were not enough, but five minutes every hour, maybe not even every hour potentially would be enough to break the myopia progression cycle. Got it. Okay. Well, that's something to think about and something for me to decide, you know, what, what kind of, you know, I sometimes wonder being a mom and looking back at elementary school um, or when my kids were sort of younger, I think there's some advantages to running kids around for five minutes every hour. And, and that's, it, it could be something that maybe was 
put in place on sort of a larger scale at schools. And so the idea is kind of tempting to, to run with, I would agree. Yeah, I think that having these regular recesses are really important. It potentially could, you know, slow the development of myopia, but also you go outside, you get exercise, that's making you healthier. Time outside can help with mood. So maybe that will help, you know, just overall mental health and together, you know, I think that really can be meaningful. So right, right now, if we don't know if, you know, taking break from near work is good or bad at a minimum, it's, you know, good to go outside and, you know, get exercise and do all those things and, you know, have a happy childhood. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it there. Let's everyone have a happy childhood. Yes. All right, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And a special thanks to CooperVision for their educational grant to make it all happen. Thank you.